0: Welcome to another episode of Get to Know a Blue Gator. Joining me today is Ascension's upper school director, Sarah Davenport. She began at Ascension in July of 2021, but her prior experiences have prepared her for her current role as director. Sarah earned her bachelor's and master's degree in education from LSU and since that time she has served in various capacities at several independent schools in Texas. Sarah taught at St. John's School in Houston, served as Dean of Students at Allen Academy in Bryan and most recently served as the Director of Admissions at Regis School of the Sacred Heart in Houston. Those that have worked with Sarah know her best for her professionalism, work ethic, communication and collaboration skills, genuine relatability, servant leadership, and growth mindset. She inspires those she leads and she models critical and creative thought when facing problems. Sarah, thank you for making time to join me today. We've only been working together for about two years, but I just, from your communication style, have noticed a little bit of Brene Brown fingerprint (laughs) in there. So I don't know if those of you listening, if you know who Brene Brown is, but she's an influential leader who leads with vulnerability and doesn't shy away from tough conversations. Searcher. She has a great podcast.
1: Absolutely. And has written some great
0: books. Yes. Too. Um, Sarah, so I wanted to ask you first, is she is she someone who has influenced you um, in your approach to leadership or is this kind of a philosophy you already had and then just... Found it in Brunei or how sure. that
1: came about? Great question. And thank you very much for the kind intro. That was very sweet. i mm-hmm. um, very blessed to be here and be a part of this community. Stepping into a leadership role such as being the upper school campus director, you do need to find sources of inspiration, guidance. And I think that being open to learning more about leadership, how it works, why it works is really important. Mm-hmm. I have kind of always had this idea about being daring in your leadership because I've been a part of, um, you know, different teams of people as a faculty member, then serving as an administrator, in which you do um, learn the importance of a well-oiled machine. Everyone right. kind of knowing their lane, understanding their lane, but being open to having the hard conversations. That's right. so important. And it, it's not, you know... Um, for a lack of success, it's being open to opportunities for growth. And so I think when I when I came across Brene Brown, obviously she's all over social media platforms, mm-hmm. and um, I think I came across her first in the TED Talk. I think was okay. if I'm if I'm not mistaken, would have been when I when I first saw her. Um, I love her passion about the things that we don't normally talk about. Right. Like she busts open some of these myths about you know being vulnerable in the workplace, which is in a lot of ways taboo. Um, What we do in education, and you and I were just talking about this, is highly personal. So, you know, with that comes emotion, comes the need for vulnerability, being vulnerable with students and sharing in those moments of growth, Mm -hmm. being vulnerable with colleagues. Um, We're in a hard business, but a very rewarding business, but we have to be open to those tough conversations in in order to get better. Yeah. Um, And to do better. And so, yes, I love her. I love her um, communication style. I love her calling out. Like, she just calls things out. And I I love that about her. I'm probably not as as brave in that way as she is. Um, Obviously, she's, you know, very successful and very well-loved. She gets paid to do that, though. Yes, she's very, you know, yes, she can get away with that. But I love this idea of we know we're going to fail. Right. It's just knowing how to pivot when you do how to respond when you do um and being vulnerable in that and that's what I love so much her her she comes across as very much someone who who brings a call to action like she's just challenging you to step into your role as a leader and then how can you influence those around you to be leaders because everyone has leadership potential and everyone has a seat at the table it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of knowing where your seat's at what your position is what your role is, when do you lead from the front, when do you lead from the side, and then when do you push from behind. Um, and just knowing that those spaces. So yes, I appreciate yeah. her very much. She has definitely been a, a source of inspiration for sure. Well,
0: that's awesome. Well, I feel honored to be able to work with you because I yeah. look up to Brene Brown, too, and I found her. I don't think it was we had to read the book for
1: one of our. I remember y'all's team talking about yes, it. Yes,
0: and that's where I first learned her about her and then podcasts and stuff, yeah. and she just resonates with me Absolutely. too. So I love it.
1: It was funny when I was going through the interview process for this particular role, and I met with a panel of faculty. And I must have said something at some point and they were like, oh my gosh, do you like Brene Brown? And I was like, clear as kind, everybody, clear as kind. And they were like, yes, it was like an automatic. I she just, it. she touches people for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you can find that commonality, I think it's important. So yeah, she's, yeah. yeah, it's great.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, having worked with many people, this leadership perspective, I feel is unique and not because it's a, it's not effective. But because it's hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. so in leadership we we're expected, like you said earlier, it's kind of taboo sometimes to be vulnerable. Because in business you have to be hard and you have to know all the answers and, you know, but to to and hide your flaws. But to be vulnerable and really have that balance of the soft and hard is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel, I'm just my opinion, working with you for two (laughs) years is my opinion and I can say it. I feel like you really do that well and I appreciate that about you. So why do you think more leaders don't take that perspective?
1: You know, I think it's, it's, it's easy in any leadership role, whether you're managing a team of people, you're leading a division, you're, you know, at the top of a company, whatever it might be, it's easy to lose your position. It is easy to be in a ship and just move with the tide. And I think that, that some of us get lost on our way if you're not anchored. And I talk a lot about that. If you're anchored in your mission, and you know our mission obviously at ascension being educational excellence in a christian environment but also my personal professional mission which is mm-hmm. doing what's best for kids if i can be anchored in that in every decision that i make then i can have those hard conversations i can be vulnerable because i know at the end of the day the decisions we're making the changes we're making the conversations we're having are right by our kids and that's why we're here that's the priority and so i think like i said i think it's easy to get swayed none of us are are you know certainly leaders in education Mm -hmm. because um you know we don't want our kids to succeed there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure with that Mm -hmm. you want your kids to feel safe and happy and supported but also successful and find success after they leave Mm -hmm. ascension there's a lot associated with that so it's easy to kind of chase the trend it's easy to chase right. you know are we focused on academics right now are we focused on and trying to be focused on all of it but I think at the end of the day um, if you have kids that enjoy coming to school and you have teachers that are willing and ready to pour into them um, and you've created a safe space for them I think um, pressures off and um, you know you just you, you remain open to Conversations that are going to only lead you to getting better. But like I said, I, I think it's easy to stray. And I yeah. think it's easy. And we talk with our kids about that. It's easy for them to become followers. Um, and so I think you just have to be anchored in what it is that you're doing. And it allows you to be vulnerable and allows you to have those hard conversations. Because you know, at the end of the day, as uncomfortable as this is, right. it leads to growth right. and it leads to change. And it's and it's doing right by our kids.
0: Right. So, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Um, and so you, I get to—I'm director of communications. I get to edit your emails, which <laughs> there's barely anything to edit because you're just that. a beautiful writer. Well, thank you. <laughs> were you a gifted writer in college, high school?
1: Um, you know, I, my sister and I were very close. So we're also very—we can be competitive <laughs> at times. I've always seen her as the writer and as the speech oh, writer. Really? She was in speech and debate in school. That was her. That was kind of her lane. Um, so when I when I think about my sister, she's impeccable at it. So and I have an uncle who is a New York Times bestselling author so oh, when I think about my family I'm like mm, probably not as pressure's ahead yes but it's something I <laughs> I enjoy I do like yeah. writing I like journaling personally on my own time yeah. I love words I, yeah. I love the way words dance with each other and so um, I do I enjoy writing yeah. well have for you ever thought about beginning. writing a book you know for a long time I have <laughs> maybe thought maybe on leadership <laughs> well <laughs> let me get my Brene Brown on hold on um I think, you know, it's funny. I've often thought about writing children's books. Um, really? Many people know that I, I started my career in lower school as a lower school faculty member. And there's something that I think children's books teach us and can teach us that are lifelong lessons. Even as And I, I love that. There's moments where just my high school kids, I've read them. Kids picture books, books and yeah. showed them pictures and read and they're looking at me and I'm like, hang in there. There's, you know, there's the, and they end up loving it. It's yeah. bringing that childlike back. I just love, um, something about, about children's books. I've thought about that and finding, you know, leadership type things yeah. to, to kind of, um, both illustrate and speak about in children's books, but in terms of an actual, you know, perhaps a nonfiction book, my story, my personal story, is not interesting enough to do any sort of like, you know, memoirs, um, some, some sort. However, um, yes, I mean, I've 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 thought about it. Um, like I said, I've got members of my family who are who are great, you know, wordsmiths and and, and definitely have had success in that area. But I'd have to think about a direction. I think there's a lot that's, you know, kind of out there, but saturated. And I definitely, um, I also find that writing's very personal. So I don't even think it'd be something that you're looking to achieve a certain level of success with the book. You're just, you truly passionate about this and you just want to share, share it. Um, I often thought about, you know, starting with maybe a blog first of some sort, but I also, I feel like that, requires That's time personal. and attention it's very much more personal and also just it's it's kind of this ongoing I think a book allows you to process through and, and kind of there's an end there's an end cap yes. I feel like I would probably feel a little more pressure with a blog type ongoing situation but I've thought about it but um you know who knows I'm very much invested in what I got going on right now so um <laughs> it, keeps, it keeps perhaps you busy, one day it, it does and I, I definitely have things jotted down I definitely have things off to the side so who well, knows who knows what the future brings god well, knows cool. well yeah.
0: Amazon. You can put it on Amazon pretty easily. There you go. Now, there you go. So. <laughs>
1: There I am. Um,
0: all right. Well, taking a step into leadership uh, is really brave and vulnerable and it, just the act in itself. Um, you know you're stepping to a spotlight, opening up yourself to criticism and scrutiny. Did you ever imagine yourself being the director of almost 30 faculty members and about 300 students and kind of what made you step out in that faith because it is a sacrifice when you choose to step into a leadership position so kind of sure let me to
1: that you know I've always I've always been found myself even high school or college being a part of an organization or something and wanting to be a part of the decision piece of that mm. not for a title not for even the leadership recognition, but just to be a part of pushing it forward and being a part of the decisions. Yes, exactly. That creative process, which is never ending. Um, And so I've I've kind of always had that about me. Like I want to be a part of that level of of decision making and, and process. And so as I started to move into education early on in my teaching career and being a faculty member, I knew that there would be more outside of the classroom that someday mm-hmm. I would want to move into. When I when I first came, you know, upon independent schools, um, I knew that was the right avenue for me. Um, and I started paying attention to my administrators, my direct reports, and kind mm-hmm. of asking them questions early on, probing. And always knowing there was more than what those outside of those roles know. Right. And I was always very keen on that. I always knew there had to be more to the machine that's happening behind the scenes than yeah. we're all privy to, as right. it should be. Right. That's how it works. Um, you know, and then and then I had this appreciation for for seeing the independent school landscape from multiple angles. Then I became interested in the business aspect, and I became interested in the marketing aspect, and I right. became interested in the The enrollment piece of what invites people to your campus how do you sustain how do you retain Um, but my true passion has always lied with working with people whether that be kids or whether that be adults and i have this affinity for professional development Mm -hmm. and continuing to learn and grow myself and so faculty development and creating that student learning experience was where i knew my heart lies. So I always kind of saw myself as as a division head. Like that would be okay. the lane of a ladder I was interested in. Now whether or not that opportunity ever came my way, I, you know, you you right. don't know. Was it something I was always open to? Absolutely. Um, okay. And so stepping into this role, it 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 is scary. And and I think if anybody tells you anything different, then mm-hmm. then you're not being vulnerable with yourself, or and honest. perhaps not honest. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, scary, fear, whatever it might be, you know, anxious at times. But again, you go back to loving this work and loving your kids and knowing that you will fail, but you're still all in. Like, you know you're going to make mistakes and you know that you're opening yourself up to criticism and you know there are people out there that have opinions and want to contribute. I think if you're open to feedback, you're coachable, you know that you are only as strong as your team And that if you don't collaborate and that if you're not willing to pivot when you need to pivot, that's going to make your job harder. So I think it's just being open to what's going to help support you in stepping into a role such as this, Mm -hmm. um, that helps you take that leap of faith and then a lot of prayer. I mean, honestly, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things that, you know, just show me the way, you know, I'm trusting that you're going to guide me to guide these kids and and guide the and support these teachers when they need to be supported and love on our families and, um, you know, it's not to say that every day you get it right. And that's not to say that every situation, I mean, our, you know, current interim head of school, Dr. Pat Taylor has talked about his years in this business and and the wisdom he's come to us with and the experience. And there are situations that, you know, he'll talk about that he still hasn't seen come across his, you know, come across his table. So we're always opening ourselves up Mm -hmm. to things that you know, require a team of people to process through right. and you know you don't see the same thing over and over and over again in our business, so it's just um having a true process when it comes to decision making again being anchored in what it is that you're doing um and having systems in place that's another thing you know, just feeling like you've got um organization, your communications mm-hmm. clear um and you know. and and stepping into that faith and stepping into it boldly. You know, there's something Brene Brown talks about in her book um, about gritty faith versus gritty facts, that, you know, a lot of times it takes both. You know, it takes the real part of the job, the facts, the black and white, Mm -hmm. and then it takes sometimes that gray area of faith and and just stepping out, you know, on that limb. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think, you know, we're all called to do different things in this life, and I think, if anything... You know, there are times where we step into roles where we're like, "Okay, didn't didn't realize that's what that was. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't feel that that's the case in this in this position. I I feel like I had some sense because, again, I was always open to asking questions and learning. And I have several mentors that I've kept throughout my career that I I rely heavily on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, here I am. I am.
0: Yay. Yay. We're so happy Um, to have you too. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's, it's been fun.
0: Um, and well, that pretty much leads me into the conclusion of that. We're just so blessed to have you at Ascension. Um, I know it's a tough job. So when you aren't running an upper school (laughs) and managing faculty, what's your favorite thing to do to relax and kind of have fun?
1: I am a huge sports fan. So whether it's live sports in person, go Tigers or, um, you know, watching them on TV. I'm a very competitive person by nature. So anything (laughs) in that arena, Uh, my family and friends are, you know, where it's at for me. I have a um, three-year-old, almost four-year-old little niece, and I have a four-year-old godson here in Lafayette, which is part of the reason I wanted to move back home a couple summers ago. But um, spending time with friends and family and, you know, being outside when I can, this is like a great time of weather here in mm-hmm. South Louisiana. We have a short window, so you kind of right? capitalize where you can. <laughs> but um, I enjoy working out. It's a great, you know, um, you know, clear that headspace and, and those sorts of things. But, you know, movies and music and, and, and all the things. And I'm obviously trying to find my way back into Lafayette. It's very different than when I was here. You know, the last time I lived here was in, was in high school. Um, so just finding opportunities to get involved in the community outside yeah. of what it is we do here that kind of keeps you going. But, yeah,
0: yeah all kinda, right. kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> well, love learning more about you. We really haven't had time thank to you. sit down and talk about you. So Thank you. I appreciate um, the time. Yes. Yeah, so um, that's about all we have time for today. So thank you again for joining me. Absolutely. And you guys have a great weekend.